Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! That was great, man. That was great. So many intros. We're doing so many intros tonight. Um, <laughs> yes, this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist, and we break down, or not break, dude, I'm, this is the wrong episode. Shit. This is where we listen to it. Almost <laughs> We there. do a different band, different artist every week, and we listen to all of their records, rank them from worst to best, also give our biggest banger from each of them if we have one. So this week, we are doing Soundgarden. Um, we're going to be doing their their six full-length records, their EP. And, you know, just for shits and gigs, we're going to throw in Audio Slave, the three Audio Slave records, because that we can do sense. whatever we want. And we didn't want to listen to Chris Cornell solo records. So, um, yeah, that's uh, the intro. So intro oh, also, you know, social media-wise, go to Asinine Radio on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, anywhere. Um, that's our handle everywhere. Uh, Discord, we have a server on there. If you want to join that, let us know. We'll send you the link. We have a, a phone number. You can call us, leave us a voicemail, send us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. And if you did not already know, my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Now, Jeff, let's jump right into our uh, rankings. So, like I said, six Soundgarden records, full length, their, oh one, their first EP, and uh, the three audio slaves. Because we can do it, because we can do whatever we want. It's true. So what do you got? Go. All right. Here's here's hopefully the last time that I piss a lot of people off. But um, <laughs> Super Unknown, their fourth album, 1994. That's their worst. Yeah. Oh, shit. Wow. And this wow. this is uh this is hailed as like kind of like their best. Like Bad Motorfinger is 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 like their best. But then don't don't do. But like Super Unknown was just as good. And like, fuck off. This one was meh. It drags on for so fucking long. And the song was bled together in a way that I didn't even know if up was down or left was right or whatever. I don't know. Cornell was the only one who kept it interesting here. It's over an hour, dude, the same fucking song, except for Black Hole Sun. Black Hole Sun's kind of like the <sighs> the outlier here. And I don't know why yeah. you hate that song. That song's a fucking dope song, dude. I, uh, it's a it's- solid, solid song. And now that I got like my my psychedelic rock goggles on, my goggles, it's yes. uh it's even doper, it's even more dopers. So <laughs> okay, dude, right. So super, that's your, your biggest yeah. banger then from super yeah, Black Hole songs for sure. Super, no man, I don't. I listened to this one twice too because I, I really after, after listening to it and I ranked it so low, yeah. And then I was looking at it I was like holy fuck, people think this is like kind of their best. Hold on a second, <laughs> oh, hold on there, dude. So I listened to it again in a different format. So I listen to this one to earphones on, dude. And that's that's called doing your research, brother. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I still just don't uh, I don't I don't like this one at all, to be honest. Oh shit. Okay. That is the worst one. So okay. So my the worst record, Soundgarden record for me, is Super Unknown as well. Whoa! 1994. I, this record is just straight up fucking boring, man. I You read that it was like super crazy popular, right? Yeah, I, I, it has like perfect ratings from so many sources. I don't get it. What the fuck? I mean, obviously Cornell's voice is fucking 
I mean, he has an amazing voice. He's incredible. But the songs are boring, boring ballads. And this comes from like a newfound balladman, balladman, you know? So, yeah, no, they're just, the songs are just straight up boring. They're not good at ballads. They're really not at all. They're great at rock and roll, but not good at ballads. And this entire record is ballad, outside of like two songs or maybe three songs. Yeah, it's, this album fucking sucks. It's like it's over an hour long. Come on, dude. You're not that great to make it to make an album that long. You're not you're not Billy Corgan over here. You're not the Smashing Pumpkins. You don't you're not need making a this long of a record. Three piece rock opera with each one is an hour long. I know. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, super. Unknown. I have no banger. I have no banger off this one. I don't think this is a great. This is a good record at all. Thank God, dude. I was never I, go back I, honestly. It. I thought like I was missing something. I really <laughs> did. It's just straight boring, man. It's so boring. Ah, Black Hole Sun. I've I've never ever liked that song, and I, it's I I really tried to I wanted to like it this this week or this last two weeks, but I just it's a dumb song, man. It's really dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so. dumb for sure. It's silly, but it's still a good song. All about that. Okay. So, what All do you right. got next? Next is Revelations. This is a subset. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna do like my Audio Slave and EP ranking. Real quick, and then I'll get into like the main ranking. So we only rank okay. six ep- six six albums, but we have a little subsex, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Revelations third album by Audio Slave, the Rock mm-hmm. Super Gloop, 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 Gloop <laughs> like a fish, Gloop, Gloop. <laughs> this is uh this was this was solid. I, I think smooth was like the best word that I thought of. A lot of these songs were just smooth. Like they were smooth. They blended well. It's fine. Nothing crazy. It's it's fine. So whatever. Don't care about okay. it. Um, but my number five is King Animal, their last album. Or Soundgarden's last animal. Fuck. Last animal? Fucking, fucking shit. <laughs> Soundgarden's last album. <laughs> King Animal. King There's six album fucking a millennial after their, their fifth album. Now nah, it wasn't that long. Like 15 years, something like that, right? Mm, yeah. Ish, give or take, whatever. Yeah, but pretty probably. solid album. Very aggressive, like Soundgarden sound. Nothing, nothing different or unique from this era of the band. But this mm-hmm. was just a really good album. And I, I, I thought that these guys aren't like reinventing the wheel, Soundgarden wise. But it's always fun to hear, like when the Chili Peppers did Unlimited Love. It's fun to hear them just kind of do like their iconic sound, just in maybe like an old timey way, like because they're kind of old now. So they can't rock yeah. as hard. They can't scream as long. But it's still a solid album. But there was a demo for, for the song Black Saturday that was really fucking good. And it was a more really? stripped down acoustic. And I, I didn't know it existed. I would not have listened to it. But I was listening to it in the car. And I was just in traffic longer than I hoped I would be. And so then like the, the Spotify playlist kept going into the demo version. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck, this is really good. Because it's a very country sound to it. It's got a good country vibe, dude. And Cornell does like a, a a good country. Cornell can do a country vibe really, really well, and he doesn't really ever I, I, do I it. I see that. Yeah. Maybe on solo albums he did. I don't know. I didn't listen to him. <laughs> did not care to. Yeah, I, yeah, he has like six solo records. I don't don't care at all. If he had like one or two, I would have got down. But I'm not doing fucking six of them. Nope. Yeah. Silly boy talk. Yeah. So King Animal right, number five. King Animal. Number your number five. Okay. So my number five is Down on the Upside, fifth record from 1996. Uh, this is uh, really, it's not that much different from Super Unknown to me. I, I mean, honestly, they could be interchangeable. I don't I don't care about this record. Um, maybe, I think, really, the only, the only reason why I put this one a little bit higher is that 
it does have a banger, and that's Ty Cobb. Yeah, boy. That's a great, fast rock and roll song, man. That is, that is a fucking banger. But most of them are just bad ballads, dude. Um, yeah, just I don't care about Down on the Upside. I think it's forgettable. It's much like every other one of the records. It's way too fucking long. Um, so yeah, Down on the Upside is my number five at this point. So what do you got for four? Or my number, subset? My number four is Down on the Upside. And the only reason... So King Animal, I'm going to go back a little because you haven't mentioned King Animal yet. King Animal is like that, that Sabbath 13 record. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's fine. But like, come on, dude. This is... <laughs> like this is a cover band doing Sabbath song, but just so happens to be Sabbath. King Animal is a, a Soundgarden cover band just happening to be Soundgarden. But Down the Upside, I think, is, is better because of Ty Cobb. That's it. That that's that's that one the, song. That is the only reason why Down on the Upside beat out King Animal because of Ty Cobb. That song is a fucking banger. Absolute yeah, that's, banger. That's a playlistable song. That's sure. a fucking banger. I was surprised. Yeah. Yep, I agree. So that is your number four. My my. Uh, so this is where we kind of get into the subsets. So these are uh, two Audio Slave records. So Out of Exile and Revelations, their second and third record. Um, I I mean, I really like the first Audio Slave record. I feel like the second and third record they didn't really do anything different or exciting. There's some cool moments, uh, you know, from from Tom Morello, but otherwise the the second and third um uh audio slave records are forgettable really they're forgettable uh cornell doesn't really do anything exciting at at all i don't know i I really have nothing good or overly bad to say about either of them um i have no banger from revelations um i i do have a banger off of out of exile the second record um it's drown me slowly this is just like a weirdly fast song for anything rage or uh, audio slave do so it's it's more upbeat it's faster the riff is really rad the solo was wacky and weird and uh, timmy c in the back just ripping it up on that bass line is killer it's fucking killer so yeah out of exile revelations sit in this spot so my actual number four is king animal from 2012 no banger off this one I, I kind of see where, you, where you're going with the whole, you know, this is like a Soundgarden cover band. It's not necessary, really. It's not bad, but it's just, it's whatever. I mean, it does have the bad ballads like, you know, later Soundgarden does. Um, nothing too rock and roll, but it doesn't have that, that 90s grunge sound or style that was just so prevalent in the 90s. I, I don't even know what, it, it's not the Yarl. It's, it's just... I, I can't even explain it. It's it's missing the 90s grunge style. But uh, yeah, King Animal, my number four. So what do you got for number three? Uh, so this is a, a subset here. Um, Audio Slave. Audio Slave's Audio Slave. This record's not good, dude. It's not that great. <laughs> it's not terrible, but it's whatever's. Yeah. Like, like I, I, we know how cool and great the guys from Rage can write because we've done the, the Rage Against the Pod thing. This is a musical step down for them for sure this is a toned down version of the crazy potential they had in rage and now we just have like 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 when you go to a bar and there's a band that says oh yeah it's a live karaoke and then you just like pick through a handful of songs that the band can play and you sing this is what this is fucking like this is you you take chris (laughs) cornell out of here and put any singer in here 
and it's mm. the same fucking thing. They're not writing songs around Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell's not incorporating his unique style into the rage against the machine writing style. This is just a rage band meets Chris Cornell. There's nothing there's nothing like original about this. It's just I don't know. It seems forced and, and just dumb. So I don't okay. like it. The, the the song Like a Stone, super solid. I like it. Great I can't melody. You like that song. Dude, <laughs> solid groove. Solid groove. Oh, but man, that's a great song. Eh. Eh. I listened to this yeah. one twice also because we sell at the record store and I was like, maybe I, I do want to buy this one. But nah. Yeah. How much, nah, how much are you there. selling it for? I don't remember. Oh, okay. What am I supposed to fucking do? Memorize every single price point? Uh, well, you fucking mankind? work there. It's your job. So I'm supposed to know every... That's what... You know what? Like, I told this guy <laughs> at the bar like a week ago. I was like, yeah, we're at a record store. He's like, oh, do you have this? And they have some obscure <laughs> fucking like jazz artist. And and I was like, I don't know. I don't... But I know we don't have that like as far as new vinyl is concerned. We might have that like our $3 bins. And he said, like, "Well, do you have this?" And it's another obscure jazz artist. Like, dude, I don't, I don't know. He said, like, "How do you not know?" I'm like, do we have hundreds and hundreds per week, like in and out? Like, how am I supposed to fucking memorize every single artist that we have there? <laughs> Fuck off! That's not the way it works. <laughs> oh man, that one really struck a nerve with you. I like it. Yeah, I like audio it. slave is audio slave. It's just not. It's just not. It's not as good as people <clears throat> think it is. It's not as good as you think it is. That's fucking for damn okay. sure. I'll tell you that much right now. I'm not thinking about it. All right, so then what's your actual number three? Oh, sorry. I'm, even, I'm, just, I'm about to sip my beer like I was done talking. Out of Exile is my number subset two here, I guess. Three. Okay. Oh, yeah, um, you haven't even done the other. I don't. Uh, the only reason why I think this one is better than their first is because I think That's this one, crazy. they actually wrote songs together. They actually said, hey, we are not Rage Against the Machine. We are not Soundgarden. We are Audio Slave. Let's write songs as Audio Slave would write them. I don't think this record overall is better than their first one, because I think the first one is kind of better. But this one just sounds like a band that is trying to not be two bands combined into one. This is a different entity. So I give them a little bit of respect for that that concept. Um, but How You Remind Me, that's my favorite Audio Slave song. That is the only Audio Slave song <laughs> that I fucking love. I love that song. Is it a cover of the uh, Nickelback song? Yes. This is How You Remind Me? Look at this photograph. Oh, you remind me. <laughs> it's all the same song. It. Yeah, it is. It is. And then my actual number three, sorry. Just took a sip of my beer. Yeah. I was done. Louder Than Love, their second album. Um, this is their major label debut with, with Terry Date as a producer who will later go on to produce some fucking historically phenomenal albums, which yeah, is like really Death cool. Tones and stuff. Yeah. Well, that that's what you pull out from the from Terry Date's repertoire. Okay, that's, that's fine. Yes, uh, there's some really great stuffs on here. Actually, there was there were some serious jams and even some like faster aggressive songs. Sometimes Cornell got a little too whiny though, and like mm-hmm. that kind of tapered it off for me. But overall, this was a damn solid album, and I really like a lot of the love. I would I would buy a lot of the love on the vinyls if I seen it for like a good price. Okay, what's a good price? Fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, eighty five dollars. Um, if it, I mean, it, the price depends on on the, the pressing. Not sealed. If okay. it's a if it's a new pressing, twenty five dollars. No, I'm not gonna buy it. If it's an OG pressing for thirty, maybe. Okay, that's fair. maybe. That's fair. I'm all about that chase. I'm all about that chase. You are. I get it. I'm, I'm all about I that totally base. About that base. Dude, we, go. we still haven't so done Megan Trainer. I know. We're still not so done her good. on the pod. Sometime soon, maybe. Who knows? Okay, so my uh, my number three. I've done all my... S- okay, so 
this is got two subsets here. This is actually the last of them. Um, oh God. So first of all, Audio Slave, Audio Slave's Audio Slave, first record. Um, this one is. I really like this record. I do understand what you mean where it's like two separate bands and they just kind of didn't know what they were doing. They just kind of like Cornell did his thing, Rage did their thing, and then they just hoped for the best by throwing it together. Um, I get it, but this, there's still some great, great moments, great parts on here. Uh, Gasoline. I love that song. Like a stone too. It That is a great ballad. It's It's a really, really good and unique sounding ballad. Um, Cochise is another, but it's a big banger. Show me how to live. Another big banger. Uh, I think with, with audio slave and this record, I think a lot of it comes down to nostalgia. You know, this is 2003 when it came out and I went to the very first audio slave concert ever by mistake. So that mixed with, you know, other people in my life with this album, there's a shit ton of nostalgia with this record. And, uh, and I really like it. I, I, I think, you know, from, you know, a production standpoint sonically this record is amazing too um but yeah audio slaves audio slave okay. is, is, is Wait, here do you want to hear the, the audio slave story but i guess we can talk about it when you talk about soundgarden because you saw chris cornell live i have seen yeah i guess we yeah, will get into that and then uh yeah we'll do that that would make more sense um and then also okay so also here is the screaming life ep from Oof. soundgarden so this is technically my 3.5 and um, this is their first EP from 1987. This is, it's good. This is really, really good. Um, but it doesn't hit as hard as Ultra Mega because Ultra Mega is, is on a whole nother level. This doesn't have the quirkiness of that just yet. So some of the songs fall kind of flat, but it's still really good. Um, and uh, it's just, it's a great, it's a great first EP, honestly. My banger is Tears to Forget. It's a, it's just a straight up wild song. And this is the only thing from this EP that I feel like could have fit on to Ultra Mega. But Screaming Life EP, it's good. I, I would I would honestly get this on vinyl. I would also get the Audio Slave record on vinyl um, if it was at a decent price. But um, yeah, Screaming Life EP, this is good. I, I like it a lot. So this is where that sits. So then my proper number three is our album of the week, Bad Motor Finger. Whoa. So let's Whoa. go into your number two. What do you got for number two? Number two, true. Number true, true two. I always say true two. I say that every time. Um, true two point five is screaming life EP. I mean, I dude. There's a lot of yelling. Like Cornell does a lot of fucking yelling, and there's yeah. a lot of cool riffage. The songs are more punk rock inspired and, and drive faster than later Soundgarden stuffs. I get it. It's cool. Sub pop rock city. Sub pop rock city was my favorite song. It's kind of like an indie rock grunge jam song. I dug that. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Um, but my two is Ultra Mega. Ultra Mega OK, their first album. Very riff driven. Not a lot of... So I, I did this one after Pearl Jam's 10. I started with Pearl Jam's 10 just because... I don't know. I was That was the one I was most curious about. Yeah. And so after that was over, I said, okay, there's, in Ultra Mega OK, there's not a lot of stupid, pointless guitar work like in Pearl Jam 10. So that's great. Cornell has a great voice. And overall, I think this could have dug even deeper into the metal realm if they wanted to. Because this is like, this is a bunch of guys that like grew up listening to metal that made a sort of like new genre that were pioneers in the new genre because they're so early. They're so early in the 80s. Yeah. They weren't like yeah, 91 yeah. band, 92 band. They're early, not early 80s, but mid to like mid to mid to late 80s. And and they do this, they do that metal sound really, really well, but they stick to the grunge thing here 
which made for a solid album because again they're kind of like digging digging a groove into the to the dude digging a groove dude <laughs> into the grunge realm and cornell wails sometimes and it's dude it's fucking amazing and on one song yeah. he hits like three octaves during one of the whales and he just goes up and up and up and up and it's like, oh my god like what are you fucking doing how is it impossible for a band that nobody gives a shit about an era that nobody really gives a shit about for a genre that nobody gives a shit about <laughs> Unreal. You're saying so many wrong things right there. Dude, nobody fucking cares about this genre in the late eighties. Nobody fucking cares about this. Come oh, on. okay. I thought you I thought you just meant in general. Okay. No, no not in the late eighties. Nobody gives okay. a shit about yeah, this the genre in the late eighties. No way. We're still we're still in poison motley crew territory. Yeah, seriously. Bon but there's but there's also a lot of not not in specifically Soundgarden, but in grunge in general, there's a lot of you, you can tell these guys grew up listening to or, or idolize some of the the glam metal bands from the mid eighties and are taking those metal stuffs to the grunge scene, but like bringing them back to like early seventies metal stuff. So there's a lot of like weird, like genre jumping that they're pulling from. Um, but there's, I don't know. I, I like this album a lot. The, the guitars are super aggressive and sometimes they just explode out of nowhere. They're just playing a riff and then they just jump into it. Very, very yeah. punk kind of. I like it. Their cover of smokestack lightning. Like who the fuck Dude, like, <laughs> Smokestack Lightning is, is, is an amazing, amazing fucking blues song. And to cover that song, like, you have to be based in, like, the blues realm. And, and these guys, they have blues elements to a lot of their songs, but they've never done any kind of blues song. And even this one isn't, like, a blues song. They, they sound guarded it up. And it sounds, yeah. like, you can, if you know Smokestack Lightning, you know it's Smokestack Lightning. But if you don't know it's an original, like, blues jam, you probably would never have like, guessed it was a blues song because they fucking slay it. And this album was uh, this album was amazing. This album was really good. It is great. It's fantastic. So my number two is Louder Than Love, second record from 1989. This one, um, it's not nearly as crazy as the first one. Um, they kind of took a more conventional songwriting approach, I feel, to this one. But god damn it's fucking heavy it's metal it's like doom metal stoner kind of stoner rock but just very very heavy riffs heavy beats um a lot of fuzz on this record this is uh i was really really taken aback by this one i didn't expect it after i mean really honestly the first two records i did not expect either of those because they're just so wildly different from one another and then so even even more different from what you hear later on in the band with super unknown and black hole sun and all that shit like the first two records stand out i mean they're just they're like the black sheep of their whole discography but i think they're fantastic they really really are great louder than love um my 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 banger is full-on kevin's mom uh (laughs) it's a fast song fucking rock and roll um gun is also another really good one too that's a really great song it's slow it's actually well i think it's probably one of the slowest songs on the record but it's extremely heavy it reminds me a lot of Pantera. The 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 tone, just the style of it was. It's is very. Um, That's Terry uh, Date, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. He did Which, Cowboys. He did, and he's done like the heavier. He's done a lot of heavy stuff with Deftones too. Like, I know, I know you don't agree, but Deftones do have some heavier hitting riffs, heavier hitting songs. They do, and and I feel like Terry Date. He could be a reason why you get those heavier hitting songs for sure. So I, I don't know. I, it's just it's crazy to me how how n- so many bands after here after this these last two weeks how so many bands have have 
been inspired by Soundgarden. Like I'm I'm hearing so much in modern bands that I'm hearing in this old Soundgarden stuff, like late '80s Soundgarden, not not super unknown shit. So yeah, <laughs> louder louder than love is uh, is my number two. Okay. So number one is obviously Bad Motor Finger. Right? Bad Motor Finger, baby, number one. All right, so Ultra Omega, their debut record from 1988 is my favorite. This one blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. This doesn't sound like anything they've ever done. And reading more about this one, they they had signed it. Well, they had signed to Sub Pop and then were given essentially given a bunch of money. So they were essentially Sub Pop was a, a, a legitimate record label. So they had a little bit more money. So they hired, they, they suggested a producer for Soundgarden and they didn't really want that producer. They wanted somebody who who was familiar with the Seattle sound, and this guy wasn't. I forgot his name right now. They were on and SST, this, dude. They're on fucking yeah. Oh, Black oh they, that's they're on SST. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're totally they, right. They a, did sub pop with louder than love. Yes, you're right. And this one, this one's wacky. Ultra Mega is. is a fucking, fucking wacky wild. record, man. It's all over the place. It really, really is all over the place. I love how unconventional sounding it is. Um, really interesting like song structures too. Some of it doesn't really make sense, but it's still exciting. And it to it's funny because when I listened to this, I thought, man, these guys sound like they're having a blast making it. But then you read interviews, especially with Cornell, and he's like, I don't like this record. He he just he's not a fan of this record at all. And I thought, this is this is the only time you guys ever sounded like you had fun in your whole life. Um uh, my my banger off this one is Mood for Trouble. This has some amazing bass playing on it. And it reminds me of a lot of a lot of Zeppelin, a really rocking good song, Zeppelin inspired. And I, I I think that's a banger of a song, banger of a record. One hundred percent, I'm gonna get this on vinyl. Oh, it's it's a great record. And also, Chris Cornell doesn't sound like Chris Cornell. He sounds, he doesn't have that that he still has a great voice on this record, but he doesn't have that that wail that yeah. that particular like whine that you said. Yeah, he doesn't have it on this record, and I love it. He only I does it. He, he does it like once, maybe twice. And it's yes. so, it's so like 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 a, a rare that he does it on this one. And then when he does it, it like complements the song rather than takes over. Yep. And that's really yep. cool. And that's another thing. Well, songwriting wise, we're going to talk about that on that bad motor finger. So I won't bring it up now, but stay tuned for that. Um, all right. Do we have anything else on the rankings? Uh, that's it. That's all. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Listen to the main episode because we are getting into bad motor finger obviously from Soundgarden. So thank you all for listening, and that's it. That's all. Any better.